0: This is episode one of One Thing. We speak to Dr. Jeff Lakovin about metabolic flexibility. Welcome to One Thing. I'm your host, Dr. Adam Rindy. I'm a licensed naturopathic physician in the Seattle area, and I'm the host of One Thing. We are a podcast that brings together thought leaders in the fields of medicine, science, fitness, psychology, and performance. We speak about one core thing that these thought leaders have learned, applied, and integrated into their life and practice in the last three to six months today's guest is dr jeff le he's a kirkland-based licensed naturopathic physician chiropractic physician acupuncturist and master of nutrition he has been practicing medicine for over 25 years dr coven is someone i met early in my training and became one of my first mentors i was drawn to his ability to simplify complex concepts in a digestible and applicable manner our relationship grew to a friendship over the years Later, we found out we were distant cousins for, through 23andMe testing. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Dr. Jeff Lakovin. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's, it's great
0: to connect with you. I, I'm honored to have you as my first guest on, on One Thing. Why don't we just catch up first and you tell me a little bit about what you've been up to professionally.
1: Gosh. um, So, you know, over the, um, the years I've, I've trying to take my training and uh, you know, I found that I had all these different tools and just felt like I needed to kind of hone in and specialize. So over the past, I would say, five years or so it's kind of gone into the direction of sports performance sports nutrition um, and uh, injury prevention injury treatment and so my um, practice focus and my my focus in general has been to establish relationships with uh, personal trainers uh, physiatrists or physical medicine doctors orthopedists And, um, and just get them to know what I do refer them patients, and in turn, they refer me patients. And uh, so get those relationships going and then also continue on with my, um, my passion and my education. So that led me to the uh, international Olympic committee uh, sports nutrition certification, which has been the focus uh, or was a focus over the last two years. I just completed the program uh, in December.
0: Wow. Congratulations. That's, you know, you've always been one of these people that I, I just associate you with like this insatiab- insatiable um, desire to, to learn. And you're, you seem like you're always gaining more knowledge and, and, you know, you don't only apply it to your practice you apply it to your own life
1: yeah it's a passion for me so it's kind of like i'm I'm, every day i go to work i'm living my my passion my dream Um, i i think like as a practitioner if you really enjoy what you do and it's it's just uh it's part of who you are part of your life it's just going to work is just like you're practicing life and And so this uh, you know i 've gone through a number of these sports nutrition certifications, and it 's just kind of an insatiable uh, quest for learning and each of them kind of brings something different to the table uh, in in the last one that I just completed through the uh, international olympic committee the uh, one of the uh, final projects was uh, to write a paper that could be potentially published. Uh, in in the uh one of the uh sports nutrition journals, and what I did is I tried to take what bodybuilders and physique athletes do in order to uh up, attain the physique that they want and try to apply it to the general population or people that come into my my clinic and that's not to say that I want to train my clients and and patients to become physique athletes, but I did find that a lot of the strategies that the physique athletes and bodybuilders use in terms of their nutrition and exercise recommendations can be applied and used very successfully for weight management in general population.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think you know if we can study and understand people who have really excelled in in an area um, or have really learned, you know, how to um, uh, adapt their bodies to nutrition and fitness. For certain outcomes, and and to learn from them and study them and apply it to the general public seems like a really, really good way to to learn.
1: So, yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's it's uh, what I you know what particularly draws me to these associations like the International Olympic Committee or um, there's another one called Guru Performance that's out of the UK that uh, was and still is affiliated with the International Society of Sports Nutrition is that it's it's evidence based it's not based on trends. It's uh, it, it looks at what what's the evidence and how do we bridge this, the, the gap between science and practice. So I really like that idea of like, how can I take the science, bring it into my clinic and apply it to the patients that I see in order to help them with weight loss, weight gain, performance or wellness.
0: So yeah, we'll, we're going to kind of dive into this a little deeper in just a moment here. Um, if you could just share with the listeners, like, you know, when you show up at your your office um, for the day, like what's like what's a typical day? I mean, where where do you practice? What's what's the facility like? And you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, I start my day at about four um, thirty. Okay. I I get up and um, you know, just uh, maybe do a little light like, meditation and then go to the gym and do my exercise at about five in the morning. I need that, that endorphin release and just kind of need to start my day with some kind of activity and mm-hmm. then um, come home, have a, a huge breakfast and then I'm off to work and usually get to work by seven and spend about 20 minutes or so just kind of reviewing my day, the charts, the patients I'm going to see maybe kind of go through some treatment plans and then um, start seeing patients at seven thirty. 30. Um, and so the clinic that I'm at is a, fairly integrative. There are, well, there's myself, there's another chiropractor, there's a psychologist, uh, a physical therapist, and several massage therapists.
0: Oh, nice. So it's kind of like a multi-integrative practice. And so you basically, you're kind of seeing patients. How many patients do you see on a daily basis?
1: So I have I have two long days whether I'm whether I'm there till about six thirty on Monday and Wednesday and then Tuesday Thursday and Friday I'm usually there till about three that I can take off and spend some time with my kids so um, just a- anywhere between uh, fifteen to twenty patients a day would be my um, my typical schedule and then generally I'm I'm seeing patients for about thirty minutes and and a typical. Type of uh, interaction would be uh, either some hands-on thing where I'm doing some uh, trigger point dry needling, which is a neuroanatomical form of acupuncture, combined with manual therapies and uh, and corrective exercise. Uh, or I might uh, see people who are coming in for a nutrition-based consult to address uh, comorbidities of obesity, or there might be an athlete that's coming in that wants to know what they can do to perform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, one of the things that um, like when, when I have a patient that's looking for someone in your area of expertise and I'm talking about you as like someone I might refer to, I always describe you as really dynamic in your approach. And, you know, you, you actually have multiple tools to use based on whatever the patient's dealing with versus sort of just one tool.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, so that way, like, people come in and they'll say, uh, "Well, are we going to do uh, chiropractic? Are we going to do naturopathic? Uh, are we going to do acupuncture? How do you decide?" And I really don't, um, compartmentalize like that. I just kind of see, like, I have these different tools, and it, it affords me a larger scope of practice. And I will use it based on um, what what I would recommend to a patient, and then I'll meet them where they're at. So some patients they want to do acupuncture, or uh, they don't want to do um, a more high-velocity type of manipulation. So we'll just kind of meet meet them where they're at and what they're comfortable doing.
0: That's that's great. Yeah. So, you know, you and I talk a lot, um, you know, maybe like once every week or every two weeks, just we'll share various journal articles and just new things that we're learning from time to time. And it's always, I, I really enjoy that. Um, I So the nature of the show is, you know, we we want to kind of zero in on, one thing over the last three to six months that has sort of opened your eyes, changed the way you practice, practiced, um, changed the way that you live your life or, you know, change the way, uh, change the way you, um, kind of implement your previous, um, tools and previous learnings. So, uh, so I just want to kind of go in that direction now.
1: Sure. Um, Gosh, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to say like just one thing, because like, you know, as with you, I am constantly looking at um, the research and what the evidence is, you know, what, what is the evidence showing? And um, I would say like, kind of the biggest thing for me is just getting, just staying at the foundation of things. And, and there's, there's a lot of, um, You know, there's that buzz term that that people call functional medicine that we spoke about earlier. Um, And I would say, like, for me, it's just getting to the basics, like diet, exercise, lifestyle types of things and just uh, applying those. And, and every now and then you'll, you'll, you'll see these kind of new buzz things that that come out or there's a new trendy diet. And uh, you know, my eyes will open up a little bit and I'll kind of see what, what, what the research shows on those things. And then I'll I'll see a lot of times, like I have access now to, uh, um, to, to journals and, and to, um, the, uh, the researchers and educators from the programs that I've gone through. And, and I look at their comments, like for example, um, with uh, the ketogenic diet, which we've talked about a lot and, um, you know, just look to see, well, how, how do athletes use this and, and what is the research shown and, and uh, try to try to look and kind of see like, is there a place for that in my practice or is there a place for this in, in somebody's uh, you know, healthcare and so it's an evolving thing. So, you know. So wait, wait, let, let me ahead, stop sorry. you there. So yeah.
0: so so that, that brings up a really interesting point. I think this is something that I've noticed with you is that you you don't get rocked off your foundation very easily. Like you, you have a way of discerning information that I don't see very often. Um, you know, like when I'm. Talking to other providers, or you know, just kind of listening to people, um, you know, and and how they're growing professionally. Can you share, like, what how have you honed in on that to not get sort of thrown off um, by you know, kind of the latest and greatest?
1: I think it's, uh, I mean, probably there are people that I really respect in the in the fields of nutrition and and exercise science, and. I, I look to them and I look to their comments. And so, you know, you can get really cut up on, on social media and see people saying things that kind of uh, appear to be extreme. And I'll just kind of, again, just kind of come back to where the research is at. Like So, for example, when the, when the whole ketogenic diet uh, came out and, and athletes were using it and, and making claims of performance enhancements and, and more people were, were talking about using intermittent fasting for weight management. Um, I started looking at some of the position stands from these, these large um, organizations like, again, the International Olympic Committee or the ISSN, and they just kind of seem to, to synthesize the, the full body of literature that's out there. And say, okay, well, this is what the body of literature shows. And so it, for me, it's like, okay, you can get excited about some of these things because like people make a big stink out of things and, and get excited. And it's really easy to kind of, you find somebody who's very um, dynamic and say, well, this must be uh, like a cool thing, this keto or whatever it might be, and, um, and it's, people want to kind of jump on that bandwagon and follow, follow a leader, uh, especially if they're very dynamic. And for me, I want to jump on the bandwagon and follow the researchers. And so, okay. so you know, like, I'll look at, like, for example, Louise Burke is, is a name that comes to mind, and she's uh, she is one of the tutors in the initial International Olympic Committee um, program. But also probably... Of the most respected sports nutritionists in the field, and I look at her comments and her her way of kind of looking at what is happening biochemically, physiologically, and and so on, and then what happens when we apply these principles to athletes. And so, I guess what kind of brings me down brings me back to the foundation again is is you know the literature. What is the research showing? Okay,
0: so it sounds like you know one of in in your practice of learning, um, you know some of these uh, extensions of diet, nutrition, and lifestyle have kind of strengthened your resolve of of the foundations of good athletic per- performance and and sort of nutrition
1: that's ideal for metabolic flexibility. Is that fair to say? Exactly, and and um, you know there's there's um, it's just just understanding the basic biochemistry and the physiology and the, the needs of a sport, for example, or the needs of a person in their general life kind of helps me to figure out what, what the best program is for them and equals yeah. one in general, right? Like everybody has their own biochemical individuality, but when it comes down to it, if you can apply these general principles, then most people are going are gonna to get results,
0: Right. Yeah. So, I guess one of the things just that I've noticed is you're trying to save the carbohydrate from extinction.
1: Yeah, yeah I think the carb gets a bad rap for sure. And um, I mean, if if we want to go down that 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 pathway for a second, I think that um, carbohydrate is one of those nutrients that needs to be periodized, meaning it needs it needs to be um, you know taken based on somebody's activities level. So, like from like, let's say somebody says, well, they're going to go on a low carb diet. Well, if they're going to be a sedentary person, they don't need the carbohydrates. They can get away with having uh, more of a higher fat diet because based on physiology and biochemistry, that's the type of uh, substrate they're using for energy. Now, somebody like myself, or, or you or, or an athlete that's going to go out there and, and do some more higher intensity and needs to have the carbohydrates because that's the main substrate for fueling their performance, then that's a different story. And there's also recovery um, things that you need to consider too, that carbohydrates help to provide in terms of the adrenals and the immune system.
0: Yeah. Good point. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I really have appreciated that insight, I think that's um, individualized approach to nutrition and, you know, to work with um, the individual and their, their needs based on, you know, how much movement they're getting, how much exercise um, and, you know, sort of their general lifestyle. So I think that's, um, I guess, teaching people to learn their, their own needs and adapt rather than kind of stick to some type of template.
1: Yeah, I think in in the sports uh, industry, um, and, and and personal trainers do this a lot. They come up with what's called a needs analysis, and and that's like when your patient or your client comes in, you know, what are their needs? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? And then you need to figure out well, where are they at now? And then you need to come up with a timeline or some kind of like path or route that's in a reasonable way going to take them from where they are to where they need to be and kind of give them the tools. I'll give them the tools with uh, diet, exercise, and lifestyle modification. And generally, that seems to be the most effective way that I've found to help people.
0: Great. Well, this really... um, helped me, you know, a lot, and I'm sure will help a lot of the listeners just to kind of learn how to be discerning and learn to how to kind of come back to the foundations and to, you know, kind of make sure that um, whatever recommendations they're following, they are, um, you know, sort of thinking about what their individual needs are and to discuss that with a practitioner, um, you know, so that they have the best outcomes. So, uh, Jeff, if, if people wanted to learn more about you or more about this kind of approach, um, what would you, where would you guide them?
1: Well, for me, uh, my practice is in Crookland, Washington, as you mentioned. And, and, um, uh, my website is www.drgeofflecovin.com. And, um, you know, if you if you went to my website, I've got a lot of blog posts that I've written over the years um, on on these topics that we've discussed. And then also, if you were to um, Google my name and uh, NASM blog, there's also quite a few uh, blog posts that I've written for the uh, online National Academy of Sports Medicine blog that has to do with nutrition and and exercise and and um, uh, you know health management types of things.
0: Okay, great. And then, um, let's see. I have a question. When's your book coming out? I've been after you for years. I know. Uh, (laughs) To be determined. Okay, well, I'm going to keep after you on that. So, hey, thanks for for coming on. Um, It was great connecting with you. I always learn
1: a lot from you, and um, we'll catch up another time. Sounds great. great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into the first episode of
0: One Thing with Dr. Jeff Lakovin. This is Dr. Adam Reed. I'm just gonna share some concluding thoughts on the episode. What I learned most about talking to Dr. Lakovin is his continued emphasis on the foundation. He has repeatedly stated over the course of his career about the importance of, of good sleep, consistent exercise, and making good nutritional choices and I think everything on top of that um, seems to be beneficial only in the context of how well you're doing the foundational um, lifestyle choices. And this uh, doctor has not wavered from this. I've known him close to 15 or 16 years now, and I've not seen him waver on this. And, and he lives that lifestyle. And I think you know people who do listen to him and follow his guidance see the benefits of this approach it may seem basic but we're so often caught up in the latest supplement the latest dietary strategy to trick the metabolism in doing something that it's um, not currently doing however if we're consistently working on good caloric balance also working on restful sleep and also implementing a regular exercise program, that is far head and shoulders above most people. Um, and you know, if we look at healthy populations, um, this is a consistent part of their life. And so I think skipping over that and trying to go into a kind of extreme diet doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the long-term success of that lifestyle change. So I really appreciate that he's stayed true to his self throughout the course of his career. Metabolic flexibility is a big topic, and I'm going to share more about that on the the page for the show on our website, and uh, we'll kind of dive in and put some resources on that on how to to, um, make sure that you stay metabolically flexible or how to work towards becoming more metabolically flexible thanks for tuning in this is dr adam rindy we'll be back next week this is, this is, this is, this is.